You're listening to Talking Smart, the official podcast of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air Rail, and Transportation Workers. This is Paul Pimentel, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Les Poling from Smart Communications, and Michael Blaine from Smart Communications, who is producing this episode. Welcome to Talking Smart, news, guests, and discussions of interest to smart members and working families across the United States and Canada. This episode, we're talking about how a wave of new mega projects, or projects over $1 billion, is creating unprecedented demand for sheet metal workers, as well as driving changes in how Smart and SASME handle and coordinate benefits and incentives for travelers. Our guests for this conversation are Smart Director of Organizing, Daryl Roberts, Local 265 President Business Manager and General Vice President, John Daniel, and SASME Executive Director, Ken Colombo. Throughout the discussion, Brother Roberts underscored how the large volume of pending work presents huge growth and organizing opportunities for SMART, as well as challenges for locals in terms of staffing these large projects. We're going to have areas where we have mega projects where the local it will be impacted severely. We could see membership growing double to triple what their current membership needs are currently. SMART is working to expand and better coordinate international and SASME programs to make it easier for members who need work and are willing to travel to be able to do so. Brother Daniel emphasized how megaprojects and new work stemming from infrastructure legislation are driving SMART to innovate to meet these workforce needs. We need to support our members in their ability to travel, and we need to support new members as we grow in their ability to relocate or just go down the street, frankly. Part of this evolution and innovation includes new and increased financial incentives for travelers. The SASB travel benefit has been increased to a maximum of $1,800, which is up from the previous travel incentive of a maximum of $1,125. In addition, non-SASB members will now be eligible for travel incentives, provided they are dispatched to a job that has SASB in the collective bargaining agreement. As Brother Colombo notes, This is to assist people with travel, housing, lodging, gas, and mileage per diems so that they can get to these projects. In addition, listen for the open mic segment with General President Joseph Sellers at the end of this episode, where he talks to a smart Local 24 member about mega projects, traveler opportunities, and how members can get involved with the union. You know, make sure you talk to your local business manager with your intent and whatever process they have set up for you to do that. But then also do some research, look at the job bank and, and where these jobs are at, because they're all over the country and we're looking at decades of work right now. I want to welcome our guests today. We have Daryl Roberts, Ken Colombo and John Daniel. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Glad to be here. Glad to be here, Paul. Thank you. Just to lay the groundwork here, sheet metal industry is currently going through an unprecedented need for an expanding workforce. We have right now over 80 projects that are worth over $1 billion each, well over $1 billion, ready to break ground or have already broken ground in the last couple of months. A lot of this is due in large part to the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was signed previously by President Biden along with the recent CHIPS Act that's bringing semiconductor jobs back to the United States and also the new electric vehicle demands that were made through recent legislation, which is causing a lot of these auto manufacturers to scale up their construction to meet this new manufacturing capacity that they're going to need. So with all of this in mind, what kind of opportunities for members does this provide for SMART and also for members in particular? 
Paul, this is an item that's been on our radar for a little bit of time now. I mean, it doesn't seem a day does not go by that there isn't another project that is what we termed a mega project, project that's over a billion dollars, something that's so massive that we haven't seen it in certain areas or, or even set areas. And being ready to meet that need is that unprecedented time that you're referring to. We have the opportunity here to really grow for substantial growth. And I think what this episode is about today is really talking about what we're putting in place to try to meet that need. Yeah, Daryl, I'll, I'll piggyback on what you're talking about. What, what excites me about the mega project process that we're going through as, a, as an industry is the change that's going to affect in our industry. It's going to give us the opportunity to grow to the numbers that we haven't seen for well over a decade. You know, we, we're still recovering, trying to recover from the 2008 to 2012 downturn and the members that we lost at that time. And our growth potential and not even our potential, our absolute need to grow paired with the mega projects, the infrastructure spending that Paul was talking about, that's going to create the opportunity for us to meet the numbers that we need moving forward. And it's also going to drive us to evolve as an organization. I've been in conversations with Daryl and, and Ken and several people throughout the international is about how do we support together? How do we work together? How do we streamline the collective process of moving the ball forward from an organizing, from a mobility standpoint, from a workforce stand up? All of those pieces are elevated in a conversation that it's exciting to me. There's a lot of challenges that come with every moving piece, but this mega project environment, the demand that's put onto each and every one of us as an industry is going to force us to be stronger as we go through this. John, I think that's a very valid point. If I could, just real quickly, Paul, John points out some very valid points in regards to how we could grow during this, but it's also those other needs, that IAQ, those ventilation verification pieces, our lagging pieces, uh, all the items that we're getting back into these areas or even new work is just as vitally important. And so working together, all of us working together to ensure we meet that need, SMART will reach levels of growth that we haven't seen. I agree with John, we haven't seen in, in a very long time. Now, with all this work that's coming up, is it possible for in certain areas, right, certain geographic areas, for the demand for labor to be greater than what we have currently in that area? Absolutely, Paul. It's completely possible. We have many areas where it should a large project come in, you know, the local sort of rolls with that. They absorb it. They understand it goes into their workflow. And between them, the contractors and all the work, they just roll out right along with that. And then we're going to have areas where we have mega projects where the local, it will be impacted severely. We could see membership growing double to triple what their current membership needs are currently holding. And, you know, that's the point that John touched on is how do we meet that need? How do we grow collectively within SMART to ensure that we're able to assist that local? How can the international streamline processes? How can we make partnerships that ensure that the business manager, that the, the organizer, they have the time to be able to focus on the mega project, focus on their core work, right? We don't want to lose that core work. We don't want to lose market share coming into this and come on the other side and be like, what happened to our other work? We don't want to do that. So what tools can we best put in place to help ensure that doesn't happen? So talking about those tools, what kind of new tools are available in terms of recruitment incentives that are out there? That's a very exciting subject. You know, we've been working a great deal to try to make these incentives, these smart incentives, more well-rounded. We've added pieces to a bonus, right? You'll see new forms coming out, right? The business managers will receive these new incentive forms and they'll speak to the changes. But, you know, we're going to see bounties on uh, that were current, uh, but we'll see a couple of changes to the bounty for the current members. And then we'll have bonus payments that uh, once they're approved, if you're a new member coming in and you've worked, you know, a thousand hours and in, in your six months, whichever comes first, 
you'll be eligible for a bonus up towards to potentially $1,000 for meeting those needs. And of course, the Smart Incentive stems ready to be added where it needs to be. We've even done things like for recruitment and based upon our Smart Careers website. I mean, if you go online now and you look up smartcareers.org, you're going to find a recruitment website focused on mega projects and or core work that we have. We're also going to launch in a few months a new HubSpot program, a platform that I'm very excited about that our organizers and our, our business managers will be able to use to help them uh, meet these needs. Can you tell us a little bit about how this, this program works? Sure. Uh, essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to assist the locals by giving them a platform where anytime they have a person of interest list or uh, they've done any strategic recruitment or they've talked to contractors, they can collect that data in one area. The business manager will be able to see a dashboard of activity of what's happening if they have a large project or a mega project in their area. They'll be able to see who's traveling in, who's traveling out. Uh, the organizer will be able to see any person they've went out and they've collected through handbills or a landing page or billboards, be able to see those various items on their dashboard and see what's working and what's not. And they'll even be able to send out emails and texts. The system will actually do it for them. And then they'll see the outcomes from those efforts. Okay. So we'll put a lot of analytics into this as well. It's not just scattershot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we want to keep it simple, mm -hmm. right? Working closely with John, working closely with Ken uh, at SASME and all the organizing department and even a team of business managers to ensure that we're keeping the platform as simple as possible, but also useful because we don't want anyone to have a tool that they find is complicated or that makes their life worse. We want to we want to try to make it better. So and in terms of these incentives, how are they managed? So that's a, that's a great piece. Uh, we're looking at Currently, the Smart Incentive and SASME working together. SASME has been doing in, uh, travel incentives for a very long time. And we're trying to streamline that process for the Smart Incentive. And that means working with SASME where on the front page, a front part of it, the process will remain the same with the business manager and the regional director of organizing. But behind the scenes, SASME will be using their tools to ensure the streamline of the process, the administration of those, uh, of those payments, if you will. Are you a smart sheet metal member who is out of work and willing to travel to the jurisdiction of other smart locals to work? If so, your first step should be to contact your local union office and then let them know that you're looking to travel. Also, check out the Sheet Metal Job Bank on the smart website at smart-union.org. Job bank listings typically reflect large projects. To receive text updates about new traveler opportunities, text Job Bank to 67336. Message and data rates may apply. Hey, everybody, this is Les here from Smart Communications. Daryl mentioned that SASME has been doing this for a long time. Ken, could you mention or talk a little bit about what role SASME has played historically in providing these travel benefits to members? So historically, SASME has been paying uh, travel benefits since the, the mid-80s, when the economy started to come back from the earlier crash that we had in the 80s. Um, the benefit was to provide a travel incentive or a travel reimbursement so that members can get their feet on the ground and get prepared to you know man these jobs that we were looking for. The uh, benefit was started at $500. It was later increased to $750. It was then increased to $1,125. And then now that the trustees have seen that there's such a need, they've actually increased the uh, the benefit going forward to $1,800 going forward. And again, this is to assist people with travel when it would be coming housing, lodging, gas, and mileage per diems so that they can get to these projects. So it's my understanding that with some of these new expanded benefits, SASME is now offering them to all members and not just those at SASME locals. Uh, is that correct? 
That is correct. Uh, the trustees made a conscientious decision to actually change the eligibility for just the SASME travel benefit. Again, this is specific to the travel benefit so that non-SASME members, provided they are dispatched in a location to a job that has SASME in the collective bargaining agreement, those non-SASME members will automatically become eligible upon dispatch for a payment of up to $1,800. And what kind of eligibility requirements are present for accessing these benefits? To access full SASME benefits, currently members need to work 1,200 hours under a SASME contract within a calendar year or 2,000 hours within a two-year period of time. Prior to this change for just the travel benefit, any member would have had to have worked those hours in order to be eligible for any sort of benefit, including travel. So any smart sheet metal member provided they meet these requirements, can get this benefit. Yeah, so the requirements will be for this smart travel incentive for a non-SASME member or a member coming from a non-SASME local union traveling to a SASME local union. They will need to be a member of the international, meaning that their dues need to be paid uh, in advance of the month prior to their travel. There must be a job bank posting on the international's website. There must be no job call in your area. You must be threatened with unemployment and you have to be traveling outside of your geographical location to a job site that has a SASME requirement. So just to reiterate, because this is a significant change from previously, this also applies to members who never participated in SASME in the past at all. That is correct. And again, you know, the eligibility requirements are that they need to be a, a dues-paying member. There must be a job bank call on the job bank. There could be no job calls in your area. And you must be threatened with unemployment and you need to travel outside your local union's jurisdiction. If I could, Ken, isn't it not true that essentially the member, the dues-paying member has got to go back to their hall and then basically say, hey, I saw this job bank call or smart incentive and ask for a referral from the business manager. And then once the items are checked, they could get dispatched to that job bank call or that smart incentive. I think that's how we're looking at this, correct? That is absolutely correct, Daryl. Yes, they will need to be dispatched from their home local union to a SASME contributing job site or local union. Yeah, I think, Daryl, your comment there, that should apply to everyone, all smart members with pretty much anything that we're doing. We're evolving at a pretty high clip. As you're hearing about the different smart incentives, what SASME is doing, just what's happening around the world, the rank and file members, direct connection to the local union, and then the local union's relationship to their peers and all the way up through the international. I've never seen our organization work in such a synchronized fashion in the past. And again, I come to that pressure that and the excitement that the mega work has brought to us. It's breaking down silos, as the general president's referred to in his tenure. It's exciting. So anytime you hear stuff that's happening, that direct feedback to the local union, and then it'll boil up to either SASME or to Daryl or whatever department it needs to, that direct engagement will streamline the process across the board. So we've been talking about um, the travel benefit from SASME. Uh, will members be eligible for any other SASME benefits? There is a potential that if you travel or members travel for a long enough period of time and meet the eligibility criteria for other benefits, including unemployment, health and welfare contributions, or even in retirement benefits, such as our healthcare reimbursement account, if they travel for a long enough period of time and establish regular eligibility under the SASME rules and conditions, yes, they could potentially become eligible. So one thing I'm sure is foremost on members' minds if they're listening to this conversation is how do they actually get this updated benefit? How is the benefit paid out to them? 
So the new SASME benefit for travel that became effective in December of 2022 will be that once a member establishes themselves in a visiting local union, when I say established, it means that they are dispatched to the job. They complete all their paperwork, uh, pass any drug tests, background checks that are required for admittance onto the job. Once they're dispatched, that local union that they're visiting is going to inform SASME that that member has been dispatched. And then that member will be eligible to receive a $600 deposit via direct deposit ACH to their bank account. Once that member is established and has paid that first $600, and in two weeks after their dispatch, the visiting local will again contact SASME, let us know that that member is still there on the job site, is still gainfully employed, and then SASME make a second $600 distribution to that member. And then again, we're going to follow it up with a third and final payment of $600, provided that member stays an additional 14 days. So there's basically a 28-day requirement to receive an $1,800 benefit from SASME. I want to jump in there, Ken, to add on to that. I think one of the other great changes that happened that is coming to fruition is a smart incentive being added to potentially to a SASME project. So uh, in this scenario, the smart incentive might run after the SASME benefit has been paid or even without the SASME benefit. So it's possible that a member goes to a mega project and this it's a SASME project and they get the SASME payment that the smart incentive could pick up after if it's so approved. You know, it's a great additional piece and another item that we're trying to, to make sure is there to help with these needs. Yes, that is a significant change. Prior to 2023, you were generally eligible to receive one benefit or the other. And as Gerald said, yes, these benefits uh, can run concurrent or follow each other, you know, in the foreseeable future going forward, which is uh, a tremendous benefit to the population and for assisting us in uh, meeting our workforce needs. And just to make a serious note, you've got to make sure you dispatch properly before you can get that payment. Make sure that's important. Women in Construction Week is coming soon, the week of March 5th through the 11th, 2023. SMART will be celebrating women in construction throughout the week, highlighting their contributions and raising awareness of the growing opportunities for women in the construction industry. Events will include our annual SMART Kids Art Contest, a Women in Sheet Metal Photo Contest, and a virtual happy hour on Friday, March 10th. For more details, text SISTERS to 67336. Message and data rates may apply. So just to follow up and reiterate again, members can receive both the SASME benefit and the international travel benefit. That's correct, Paul. And that's really, that's new. And I think everything we're hearing in the conversation today is that there's a lot of new things happening and that, that coordination with your direct local is going to help streamline the process. Yeah, there is not an offset like there used to be. Traditionally, SASME would look to see if there are other benefits being paid that are similar that should be accounted for so people aren't double dipping or we would offset a benefit. The conversations that we've had in a unified fashion have said, you know what, we need to be outside the box of what each of our organizational pieces have been in the past. And and part of us getting outside that box is saying, forget the offset. We need to support our members in their ability to travel. And we need to support new members as we grow and their ability to relocate or just go down the street, frankly. Daryl mentioned earlier, we can't, as we engage in all of this new work that's coming, we can't abandon our core work back at home. We got to make sure that we're manning the hospitals, the schools, the strip malls, the housing projects, the hospitals, and our home locals. But we have to work as a unit, as a team in managing these mega projects. And SASME's coordination 
situation with Daryl and his team and the international no longer having offsets. I don't even think Ken talked about the travel benefit for SASME has traditionally been a deductible expense, meaning that if you got the old travel incentive of 11.25 as a max, that would be deducted from your account balance. Going forward, not only did we increase to three, potentially three installments of 600 bucks, uh, no offset against whatever international incentives that might be in play, it's no longer going to be deducted from your SASME account balance. And that's just part of the drive and the energy that the entire international and the locals are working towards to meet the industry challenges that we have today. And it's pretty darn exciting. Yeah, it is. If I remember looking at traveling, this is a heck of a time to do it. It'd be right now. Even for when you're organizing, right? This is a great piece to add when you're in your locals and you're recruiting and you're organizing or doing strategic recruitment, saying that this option is there. It's, it's a massive piece that assists. Now, what about in Canada? How does this apply to members in Canada? So the smart incentive has been available in Canada. Now what will happen is the business manager will apply to Chris Paswisty and Chris Paswisty will be receiving the applications and then approving them as he works that out with the business manager. And then his application form will then go through the IA and then you know, the incentive would start for our Canadian locals and members on set areas, right? So all this is about, you know, following the steps and being helpful, right? So it's big about the communication between the business manager in Canada, between the director of Canadian affairs, Chris Paswisty. So they, uh, they'll work those items out. And if you're in the United States, obviously it's the business manager working with one of the regional directors of organizing. Right. So Daryl, let me ask you this. How does this affect looking forward and kind of looking down the line five, 10 years from now, how does this affect our organizing efforts when it comes to growing our share in the industry? You know, John and Ken, and we've all mentioned how exciting this is, and it can also be stressful. But the moment and the opportunity that we have to grow is here. And, you know, it's almost like a sort of a double-edged blade, right? On one side, it's really hard to find people right now because of what's happened throughout our countries and, you know, what we're facing. I mean, everyone seems to be trying to recruit people or hire people. And on the other hand, we have this opportunity where all this work, we're realizing it, we're seeing it. And we are a great craft. We have great careers. And to really message that, to draw the people to a career with SMART, I can't think of a better time. You know, it's a fight, but at the same time, we have the opportunity. So when you're thinking about organizing, when you're thinking about trying to top down, talk to contractors and you say, hey, look at this growth. Look at what we do with skilled labor. Look how we can assist you. That's one avenue, right? And then on the other avenue, you're looking at it and saying, hey, if I'm in a dead-end career or I'm somewhere where I can do better for myself and my family, we have the work. We have the opportunity. We have the training mechanism. We have the pieces. So five years, 10 years down the road, if, if I'm a member who is getting close to retirement, I'm looking at this going, yeah, these people that we recruit, that we bring into our union, that becomes our brother and sister, becomes a signatory contractor, they're going to be paying into my funds for the time that I'm on retirement. So that's massively important to all of us. And I get excited about it because this is the time, right? This is where we all work together and we grow. This is where we grow and we continue to grow. And I can't tell you how much this means to how I feel this opportunity is there for all of us. Yeah, Daryl, I just want to add on to that. There's been a lot of talk around the international about recruitment and retention and diversity inclusion and all these different conversations about how do we do a better job reflecting the communities that we work in and how do we give every person, every able person that can do our work, the opportunity to elevate their life and become a part of this great organization. 
There isn't a time I can think of in the 31 years I've been a member where there's been the opportunity to really dig deep into our communities and have our minds, our hearts, our hands out and knocking on every door to diversify our workforce, to represent everybody, regardless of their gender or their ethnicity. We need to find every worker and give them the opportunity to not only support our local, but to support their families and grow as we meet these demands. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. I think about the V for All committee. I think about all the work that the locals are doing, the women in the trades, our Smart Heroes program, our Helmets to Hard Hats, all these pieces to help get people to our career and open that door and ensure that that door remains open so they can lift themselves up and lift their families up through a great opportunity. At the end of this day, this is about helping every individual member and every individual worker in this industry. Absolutely. Right? And this is an opportunity, once in a generation, opportunity to take advantage of. And organizations that do that are the ones that thrive. Absolutely. So now is our time. One last question I have for all of you before we wrap up is where can members find more information about this program? So one area on smartcareers.org, there will be various pieces and landing pages about mega projects. You're going to see coming out from the organizing department business cards for non-union members that are from somewhere else, right? So you're an organizer, you show up on a job site in Kansas City, and the people that are traveling in, they're from Tennessee. You know, we're going to give you a card so you can just give it to them, a business card. They'll scan the QR code and it'll, it'll put them where they need to be. But this will also be on our smart international website where it talks about the different opportunities. You're going to see the forms come out to all the business managers. Obviously, we're going to get the new forms out for the smart incentive and the various process and structure pieces to inform everyone how it will work. And we'll host webinars in regards to how it works, how it looks moving forward. We're also going to put together a short video that speaks to traveling and other pieces. The one thing I want to make sure that we don't lose focus on, we talk much in this episode about traveling and these various pieces. And John really pointed out about the pieces that we have to remain and keep our core work. We can't stress that enough. We don't want to just go somewhere else and then find that we don't have something to come home to later. You know, really focusing on recruitment and organizing in our locals and growing there and then meeting those needs also for the skilled workforce. If you're laid off, if you're being properly dispatched from your local, those are key for us being successful moving forward. Absolutely. So, Daryl, you had talked about recruitment and retention. When we talk about organizing, you know, we talked about, hey, you know, just because there's work in Memphis, you know, or in Tennessee, do I have to join in Memphis or, you know, can you join a local union and receive in say 265 and get a travel benefit to go to Memphis? So we've looked at various parts of how do we announce to the non-union sector and or to our members, right? Because every member is an organizer, right? So if you're sitting there as a member and you know someone that's got good work ethics and maybe they topped out where they're going to go or they need something more and more challenging, how do you go to that person? How does the member go then to that individual and say, hey, let me tell you about SMART. Let me tell you about the career that I work within. We're going to need every member to do that. And so how do we show them the different avenues? And both avenues, Ken, that you pointed out are correct. I may be able to join the local where I live. So let's say that I live near local 206 out in California, and I found SMART through a friend that's a member there. And they say to me, hey, think about coming in the SMART. We have a great deal of work coming. As that individual, I could potentially join 206 and then travel. And we'll certainly be asking that of our locals. Hey, if you have a long person of interest list, if you have a lot of names of people that want to join SMART, maybe we talk to them about potentially joining and then traveling to where one of these mega projects are. But there's also that potential for, hey, I live near a local, but I just want to move down to where this job is, like in Kentucky or Tennessee or Ohio, and join the local there. That's also an avenue of approach. So we're looking at different scenarios where we line those up in that format, whether it's on the international website or the Smart Careers website, and then a member can go to that and say, okay, yeah, I see that avenue. There's a way I can get there. 
It can, I don't think it works. I think it, it's going to be forced to work in that manner to some extent. If you think about uh, Tennessee, maybe the, the job outside of Memphis, that entire, probably within a 200 mile radius of that mega project, that entire workforce area is going to be taxed, right? Everybody. It's going to be hard to get people to work at the, the fast food joint because there's going to be opportunities to work on these construction sites. So areas like 265 in Northern Illinois, you know, I might have 400 applicants on my apprentice list right now to try to get into the program. And, and I'm able to take 40 a year. The other group, 200 plus people that, you know, I just don't have a spot for you. Now the conversation is, I mean, I have a spot for you to work inside my local. What do you think about going to Memphis, Tennessee? What do you think about going to Rochester, New York, or, or wherever these opportunities are? In the past, that hasn't been a conversation that my local unions had to have with applicants that are coming in to join our union. It's given me an opportunity, really, that we haven't had in the past, and we have to look at it and embrace it. And like you said before, changes how we do things, too, for the better. I think one of the pieces we have to do, you know, John spoke about 400 people on his list that are waiting to get into the apprenticeship. They are interested in the apprenticeship, right? And we already know they fit one of the three needs, right? You got to want to be there. So we're going to bring new members in. They got to want to be a member of SMART. We got to tell them about SMART, but then they got to want to be there. And that's huge. So having that list is important. But I also think about where we have mega projects slowing down. And I think about locals that have went out and strategically recruited 300, 400 new members and work slowing down. We would go to the business manager and say, hey, have you thought about going to that out of work list? And if you don't see work on the horizon, can we approach them in a manner that speaks to traveling, right? That speaks to these new members about potentially going to Memphis, Tennessee, to John's point, or anywhere else that there is a large project going on. And then us creating that sort of traveler's piece for those new members to tell them about the, the smart incentives and SASME and the bonus and the bounty and so forth. So that they feel safe about, you know, making that move and remaining members, going back to their local, to their benefits and whatever it might be, that this is all valuable. We have to look at every angle to ensure that we're doing this correctly. Good information. This has been a very productive conversation, a really good conversation as well, about as informative as it gets. I want to thank you all for being here. And we would love to have all three of you at some point back on. Thank you again, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. This is Daryl Roberts, Director of Organizing at SMART. In the next few months and years, SMART members will see an enormous amount of work with incoming mega projects everywhere from Texas and Tennessee to New York. If you know anyone interested in the sheet metal or transportation industries, or if you know anyone currently working non-union in our industry, tell them to visit smartcareers.org where they can learn about all the benefits of joining our union. Spread the word. Visit smartcareers.org today for information on higher pay, better benefits, and a secure retirement. Welcome to the Open Mic segment with General President Sellers. For today's broadcast, we have a special guest. Today, we have Mackenzie Quinn, a journey person from Local 24 in Columbus, Ohio. Mackenzie is a sheet metal worker working at RMRS Industrial. Mackenzie, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'd like to turn it over to General President Sellers. Normally, this would be a Q&A where we would have a question for the General President, but this time around, we're going to change things around a little bit. General President Sellers? Yeah, Mackenzie, great. Thanks for joining us. This is a new and exciting way of doing the Q&A for me. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for, uh, you know, being here with us and going through this new format. Greatly appreciate it. Now, I'm super happy to be here. I think this is a great way to get connection from the members to you directly. Good, good. So I do have a few questions. And if you don't mind, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Sure. Well, my name is Mackenzie Quinn. I am a journey person with Local 24 out of Columbus, Ohio. Like he said before, I work at MRS Industrial. I am also a instructor with our JATC. Great. Awesome. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the work situation in the area where you live? Sure. Well, Columbus is exploding. We have a ton of work. We have been very busy currently. Ohio State is building a very large inpatient hospital. We have over 100 members currently on that site. We're projecting to be finishing that in late 2025 with a cost of $1.9 billion. We also have uh, Honda is building a electric vehicle battery plant a little south of Columbus. So that hoping to start around April. We're at peak, going to have 250 to 300 members. That should be costing around $4.4 billion. We also have several data centers here. So Facebook is one of them. They have continued to expand this data center, so they're doing it again. We have 80 members on that project with about three to five more years of work. Amazon is building two new data centers. We have 30 members with about five more years of work. And then Google is building a new data center here. So we have 20 members on site with about three years of work on that one. But our biggest and most exciting right now is Intel, obviously. So Intel is building a chip manufacturing site here. They were originally going to invest uh, $20 billion, and they're now upping that to $100 billion. We're projecting to have a little more than 700 members on that job with over 10 years of work. And along with that, we're going to have 119 different projects for the suppliers of Intel. And those are our big jobs right now. Wow, that's exciting. That's really, it's crazy. <laughs> it's remarkable, right? It's unbelievable. So if you can, I mean, all those projects tie into certain activity, legislative activity, absolutely. Uh, the infrastructure bill and the Chips and Science Act, as you talked about, you know, turns into a hundred billion dollar project over, yes. over a decade. Oh yeah. So how does that legislative activity affect you and your fellow workers? Sure. So we can start with Intel. So like you said, the original investment was $20 billion. But when they passed the Chips and Science Act, they're now upping that to up to $100 billion. So this site, it's on like a thousand acres, I believe. They're starting with uh, two sites, but they have the option to up that to eight in the future. So this could be a very long-term project. We've had members working on indoor air quality and ventilation verification. So we're doing that in school buildings and our Greater Columbus Convention Center. They have 69 air handlers that have to be replaced. So that's a very large one. So Ohio in general is looking into the passenger rail system to run from Cleveland to Columbus, Cincinnati, and Dayton. So in the infrastructure bill, there was about $66 billion that were allocated for rail service improvements and about $2.3 billion in Amtrak expansion money is now available. So fingers crossed, we're hoping that the state will jump up on that opportunity. And the John Glenn International Airport. So they are planning 
a very large expansion. So what they want to do is build an entire new terminal. So they're investing $1.3 billion. Construction is expected to begin in the spring of 2024 and be fully open by 2027. So the infrastructure bill has given the state of Ohio, central Ohio airports, a combined $65 million over the next five years to go towards that. Wow. That is really, really exciting news. And, you know, thanks for sharing that with us. You know, in this new format, I do get questions and I provide answers, but it's really good to have interaction. And uh, that's very exciting for me. I get really energized when I hear about the work opportunities and what's happening in your local. And, you know, frankly, that's happening across the United States and Canada with work opportunities, job opportunities, and our ability to put workers on those jobs is going to be vitally important. So thank you for answering my questions. I understand you have a couple for me. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, could you tell us what's going on with work around the country? So yeah, it's about 80 mega projects have been released across the United States and Canada. 80. Wow. And that was about $150 billion in the U.S. alone. Now that was before you and I just had this conversation because I did not know that the Intel plant in Southern Ohio went to $100 billion. And it almost seems like every week, there's a new billion dollars with a B being launched somewhere uh, across the country. It's truly exciting to be part of. And these numbers continue to grow. And the challenges are to make sure that we get workers and skilled workers to those job locations. So we have really stepped up our recruitment and retention. We launched a Smart Careers website, which everybody can find that at smartcareers.org. We've developed incentives that come from the International Association. SASME also has reviewed their incentives and they've really improved them just over the last few months because of being able to get members from one location to the other and fill these job needs. So SASME's also, for the first time ever, has looked at providing improved SASME benefits for SASME locals, but also for non-SASME locals to make sure that non-SASME locals have the ability to put people on some of these projects around the country. So it is very exciting and it requires uh, us to really think differently to be able to fulfill the job needs as well as the skill sets that are going to be required on a chip plant versus a hospital versus a Facebook job or something like that, like you're experiencing. Oh, absolutely. And we've had incredible growth in our apprentices throughout the years. And we have a lot of great programs with outreach, uh, just to mention it, Columbus has a Building Futures program, which allows underserved communities a gateway into not just the sheet metal trades, but to all trades. There are veterans organizations that are helping them get into skilled trades as well. Like helmets to hard hats or something similar to that, and maybe even a little bit of what Smart Heroes is doing? Right, correct. Oh, good. Awesome. So what opportunities are there for members to get involved in the union? So I'll just give you a little bit of my past. I started, I applied, I didn't get in my first year, got in my second year for the apprenticeship program. But I would say that my path was to actually work on voter registration drives. At the local I came from, every primary season, we would call every member and make sure that they were involved in the voter registration. And if they were married and their their voting age children, made sure that they were registered to vote, that they knew that the primary was coming up, that they knew we would mail out 
voter registration forms so that they would be able to make sure they got out and vote. I would also make political action calls. So those types of things are a really good way to get involved. Also, you know, get out the vote campaigns. You hear a lot about labor walks and you hear a lot about literature drops and those types of things, which are really vitally important. And getting out and making phone calls on election day saying, hey, brother or hey, sister, you know, today's election day. Just want to make sure that you understand that and, you know, get out the vote. And, and the really good thing that the idea and the projects that you're talking about are recent successes. These types of campaigns have been very successful for us. And as you're indicating, they turn into jobs, jobs, jobs that benefit our sheet metal and our transportation members. So those types of things that I got involved with many years ago still go on, still need help, still need engagement and assistance from every member that each one of the locals has. Our, our locals can be stronger as we as a membership come together. You know, some of the other things I've done is I worked on other projects that came out of maybe the JATC, like helping veterans or disabled or elderly assistance and stuff like that. So, you know, it feels good. It's being out in your community. It's making a difference, putting your skills to work for the needs of maybe somebody else in your community. That is really, really important stuff. So, and the other thing I encourage people to do is really to get out. And the more you get involved, the more you get to know your local leadership. You get to know your business manager or your reps or your organizers or every any other leader, your executive board. And it gets you to know them and it gets you to know them on a day-to-day -day basis. And they get to know your name. Then we have the Smart Army. The Smart Army is at the international level, but it's also at the local union level. And that, that helps us to get into our communities and help the people in need or help the community in need. And, you know, as a labor organization, we're not good at patting ourselves on the back, but now we're able to post those exciting pictures of helping our community or making a difference. We've always been the coaches in the fabric of our community. And now we have a, a way and a structure to help facilitate that at a local level. And we need members to continue that because it does turn into good relationships with our communities, but it also turns into jobs, 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 as you're seeing in Southern Ohio. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so for a member who's out of work, where could they find opportunities to travel? So we do have a job bank. You can look on the job bank. You can find where the jobs are. We have jobs all over. We have jobs in Southern Ohio. There's another approximately $100 billion chip plant that's breaking ground now. And then you have other chip plants in the South. So checking out the job bank and then talking to your leadership. You know, there again, going back, getting to know your leadership, but then talking to your local union leadership. And you need to make sure that your business manager, you notify them that you're looking to travel and they could be of assistance as well. So, you know, make sure you talk to your local business manager with your intent and whatever process they have set up for you to do that. But then also do some research, look at the job bank and, and where these jobs are at, because they're all over the country. And we're looking at decades of work right now. There again, great opportunities. So you have any other questions? I believe that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, this has been a really good format. We thank you for kicking it off for us. And it's uh, really exciting for our members to have this interaction. Quite frankly, I really enjoy it. And hopefully when I get out to the hospital job or anywhere in Local 24, make sure if you see me that you come over and introduce yourself. And I was part of your first podcast. Oh, I definitely will. We look forward to seeing you. Great, Mackenzie. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Thank you, General President Sellers. Thank you, Mackenzie. I think that was a really good, informative discussion that a lot of members are going to find a lot of useful information from. And thank you both for your time on this. It's my pleasure. Thank you.